and thank you for joining us on Giving Voice to Depression. I'm Terry. And I'm Bridget. According to the World Health Organization, 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression. Yet at any given time, we can feel entirely alone in our battle. By sharing our stories, we can learn what works for other people, compare our experiences, and share the lessons and resources we've uncovered. Because while we've all heard the statistics, numbers don't tell the story. People do. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. Since both Bridget and I not only live with depression, but have lost family members and friends to its darkness, we realize we have to be willing to share our stories too, since other people are trusting us with their experiences and their truths. So here's Bridget giving her voice to depression. If you didn't expect a story about depression to include glee, well, then you've never talked to Bridget. Pretty much every conversation with her evolves or devolves into laughter, regardless of the subject. But that doesn't mean she isn't deeply hurting. You know, I'm a stoic Germanic gal, and I know how to pull up my bootstraps and put on my smile and go to work and not burden people. And so I guess it's called hiding it, but it felt more just like plugging along, you know. Mm -hmm. Pushing through it. Pushing through it. The it is depression, something she's talking about here because she wants more people to understand. That you would never choose it, that you can't just shake it off, that it's all like on a cellular level, it feels like it is, you know, uh, permeates everything. You know, it permeates like the way that I visually like see the green on the forest. You know, it changes everything. Mm And that it's um, it's not a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not a choice anybody would ever make. Bridget certainly didn't. Between genetics, biochemistry, medical and hormonal conditions, and difficult life situations, she feels she had little chance of avoiding depression and its many common symptoms. Okay, so I'm looking at an article that had symptoms of depression and made the point that not everyone who's diagnosed with it has the same symptoms. So I'm going to run through the list. It's about, looks like, nine things. Uh, feeling sad or empty. Yes. Decreased interest or pleasure in activities? Absolutely. Appetite change with weight loss or weight gain? Oddly, appetite suppressed and weight gain. And I believe that brings me back to the hormonal piece. The worst of both. Yes. Decreased or increased sleeping? Decreased. Fatigue or loss of energy? Mm, Psychic energy, but not not physiologically, no. Uh, Feeling worthless or guilty? Hmm. Worthless or guilty. Um, discontent is the word that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Being either agitated or slowed down. Agitated, hence the irritability. Difficulty thinking or concentrating. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shiny object. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I suppose, to be completely honest... It's probably so pervasive that I've built my life around being intuitive Hmm. so that it can kind of bypass the intellectual process. Interesting. Very creative, too. Thank you. Uh, The last one is your least favorite. uh, Recurrent thoughts of death or suicide. Yes. Yes. A tiny word with huge implications, spoken just seconds after a joke, because that's how common really dark thoughts can be for people with depression. But recently, 
those thoughts were far less casual and much more threatening for Bridget. And that's the story and the warning she wants to share. Bridget knows that for her, antidepressants are a key to living with her depression. Still, about two years ago, after she was feeling better and stronger, she went off them, like lots of people do. She meditated and tried a number of other more natural or holistic remedies, and they seemed to work, sometimes, for a while. I don't know that it wasn't helping me keep it at bay for two years, right? but it, didn't, it certainly wasn't an, an appropriate or adequate solution. It took its toll on me and on my family, and it just, it, at some point, I just had to say uncle. So I did reach out, and um, it was very obvious in the intake with the physician that this was the next step and the best step. And I went home. In fact, I swallowed it without water in the car, starting the process, and four days later felt remarkably better, day and night better. Mm-hmm. You know, that, th- those voices um and when I say voices, I really do mean, you know, a part of my psyche um, yes. quieted immensely with huge relief. Um, and again, you know, the better living through chemistry became very clear. Mm-hmm. But then on the fifth day, all that changed. And I don't really understand why, except um, I guess it's common. It was a full and complete immersion back into the darkness. And that lasted about four days. And Darker that was, than it had been before you started taking it? Yeah. Absolutely. So how dark was really dark? I wanted to be dead. <laughs> um, I didn't have a plan. I didn't give myself the indulgence to research it online. Um, it was not, you know, that, that, that extreme hadn't kicked in. But the thought um, was utterly pervasive. But because she was in the grips of it, she never thought that the meds or her body's reaction to them could be affecting her perception of reality. It didn't cross my mind. It didn't cross my mind. It's not that it came into my mind and I rejected it thinking, oh, no, you know, it didn't cross my mind. But it wasn't just her. Despite the potentially tragic consequences, not one person in her support group, not her husband, not her best friend, was there to think clearly for her when she couldn't. And then other pieces that the physician that that had prescribed it said, oh, you don't have to come back for six weeks. Hmm. And there was no follow-up. There was no little phone call typically four to six days in to say, how's it going? Or if you don't call me, I'm going to call you. Just call my front desk and tell me everything's okay. There was nothing. To me, there's a failure in the system there too. Despite the many failures, Bridget pushed through. And after four of the darkest days she's ever endured, it was like a light switch was flipped, and she experienced not only tremendous relief, which has lasted, but also a profound personal shift. (sighs) The minute that lifted, it was as if, I don't want to say born again, because there's such heavy connotations with that, but it was truly a new chapter and a new um, opportunity to, to view how I relate to the circumstances in my life. And in truth, it's had profound impact. In a positive way. In a positive way, a reset, you know, a recalibration in a direction that I was seemingly unable to make prior to the meds, but absolutely made after this dip into hell. To save others from that dark journey, Bridget wants to get the word out that every time you start, stop, or change depression medications, let someone close to you know and ask them to watch for side effects, in particular, suicidal thoughts. And then on good days, explore your options for managing and treating your depression. 
if it's the neurofeedback, if it's the serotonin, if it's the supplementation, if it's, uh, you know, a break and a vacation, if it's making a hard decision, if it's therapy, if it's meds, you know, there's, it's a long road filled with many, many options that are available for everybody. And many different kinds of depression that would respond differently to all those options. And at different times in your life. Exactly. It's, it so is a moving just, damn target. It's a moving damn target. You know, I don't think it presents the same for everybody. And I think some people are better at hiding it than others and don't assume that everyone's fine. And it can, you know, wreak havoc, but don't give up. Wow. wow. I'm in such a different place now. Such an easier place. Tell me about it. I'm so glad because it breaks my heart to hear that. You know, I'm in a position where my mindset and I think my chemistry are supporting me in doing the work that I need to do, you know, to deal with that and to shift that. And that's a whole different reality than wanting to be dead. Yeah. I, you know, I did tell my best friend and I did tell my husband that I was starting the meds. And I don't know that it looked like the storm, the shit storm that was going on in my head. I think there's another piece of like, I need you to, you know, ask me questions. I need you to, to, to somehow be there in a way that isn't just noticing if there's big swings or big changes because I don't think it presented. That's a really good point because those of us who kind of shut down and and go dark and inside when we're feeling that way, um, somebody would have to probe a bit to find out. Mm -hmm. And you're giving them permission to up front. Right. That's a very good point. Thank you. I I guess there's something else I want to say. So let me just be an example or a reminder that it doesn't always last you know, regardless to to what shifts it or how long it lasts or how deep or dark or ugly this particular episode is, just remember, because it's so hard when you're in it, that it doesn't last. It changes, and it comes and it goes. I'm glad it went. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. For listening to Giving Voice to Depression today. We hope that by hearing others' stories, you gain understanding, compassion, and some hope. And remember, be kind, because everybody's fighting a battle you know nothing about.